Hello and welcome to the first podcast from the Southern Health and Social Care Trust. I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Maria O'Kane, the Medical Director in the Southern Trust. Dr. O'Kane, how is the Southern Trust medical workforce getting ready for the anticipated increase in the number of patients suffering from COVID-19 infection? Thank you, Ruth. I think that uh, the medical uh, workforce here recognises that we are a learning uh, learning organisation. Uh, that will always try and do its best in relation to patient safety and uh, supporting our staff. So in the context of all of that, I have been extremely impressed by how not just the medical staff, but all staff have been taking on board the really important messages about how to prepare ourselves well enough to respond to COVID-19 so that the patients that we will have to treat in relation to all of this will be best cared for. And how do you get a sense of that across an organisation of this size every day? Well, I think in in formal and informal ways, certainly in terms of the informal conversations that people uh, have with me and others, just in terms of clarifying uh, information and you know suggesting ideas in terms of how we can do things better, but also I suppose through the formal structures which um, are set in stone for us almost in terms of how all trusts across Northern Ireland across the UK are preparing for this. So just to give a description of that, on a daily basis we have an operational group which brings together um, the senior leaders from each of the uh, clinical and corporate areas uh, to plan in, in relation to patient provision and staff support. Um, daily we have uh, what's called the bronze call which involves the senior management team um, corporate communications and other senior leaders within the organisation and daily we then link with our colleagues regionally through the silver call from the other trusts, uh, primary care, the Northern Ireland Ambulance Service and Public Health Agency and they in turn then uh, report through the information that we're providing to them to GOLD which is Department of Health and bodies at that level. And then turn then report to Platinum, which is Cobra, which is chaired by the Prime Minister. So you can start to see all the different layers of all of this. And it's important that we are able to feed our information in so that the rest of the region and nationally, uh, there's an understanding of, of what we're facing. But also then that we are in a quick position then to act on the information that comes centrally in terms of best evidence and best advice so that we can best help the population locally. You mentioned best advice uh, there coming through. How do you take cognizance of how this is playing out globally? For example, we're, we have 200,000 cases now globally. Do you draw on what the learning that's coming out of Italy and China? So this is a very rapidly evolving situation. I mean, three months ago, this um, uh, illness was virtually unheard of. And now, as you say, we've over 200,000 people globally affected. Um, I think that what we've learned from that is that we can't over prepare uh, but we also need to be mindful of the fact that 80% of people uh, who are infected will have a mild illness uh, but our uh, concern will always be with the, the severe, most severely ill patients and how we can actually provide for them but also how we support our staff throughout of all of that. So there has been a lot of learning that has come out of China and more recently Italy. They've tended to take two quite different approaches in terms of how they report. So China has published a lot in terms of the clinical care of patients. Um, Italy tends to communicate through podcasts and other means um, very comprehensively about the actual lived experience of either having COVID-19 or looking after people with 19 and we have used all of that expertise plus um, 
the, the daily updates that come from central government, particularly Imperial College um, uh, and some of the other centres of excellence to help us shape up what our response is, uh, is to all of this. And so will we see a difference in the services that we currently have locally? Will we see those changing over the coming <coughs> days and weeks? Yes, this this is a highly unusual situation and I think most of us clinici as clinicians will never have faced uh, anything on this scale before. Uh, and again, I think what we have uh, rapidly realised is that we will have to adapt our practice and even how we provide services uh, in relation to all of this. Uh, so there have been uh, extensive conversations across the piece in terms of thinking about uh, how we work more closely together to provide good services. So we are aware that in the course of this that uh, some of our staff, because of uh, childcare issues and having to care for frail elderly relatives or because they themselves uh, even have a mild uh, illness of, of COVID-19 that they may not be as readily available to us as, as they are currently. Um, so in the context of all of that what we've been doing is modelling up what our services can look like with a depleted workforce so that we can try and give everybody the best possible chance within all of that. So naturally that will then involve us um, merging some services to actually provide. So uh, and again I have been extremely impressed by medical and other staff in terms of how they've risen to this challenge. Uh, they've described to me how they've started to train in relation to revisiting skills that maybe they haven't used for 10 or 15 years so that actually uh, people who normally don't provide acute care in emergency departments now will be able to um, and how they've started to think about uh, how their skill sets um, can be transferred across the piece uh, so that they can give support to each other and relief to each other when, it, when it's actually needed. I think in the midst of all of that there is a realisation that this is going to be extremely challenging but I think certainly the medical workforce here has taken that on board and is responding extremely positively to what's been asked. Is there anything that everybody can do to play their part? <clears throat> I think one of the things we've realised very quickly over the last few days is that um, a lot has changed uh, very uh, rapidly for significant numbers of people so we've heard about the the requirement for self-isolation if you have a suspicion of being COVID-19 positive. And the two symptoms in particular that are mentioned in relation to that are either um, having a temperature of greater than 37.8 degrees centigrade or having a new persistent cough. Uh, and anyone who finds themselves in that situation uh, is advised to self-isolate um, for seven days in the first instance. Obviously, if they're in contact with family members, um, who have similar symptoms, they're then being advised to self-isolate for 14 days. We've, we've taken that on board um, uh, and have begun to think about how we can actually support people who find themselves in that situation uh, to reduce um, the, the suffering to them and the suffering to other people. Um, so all of that uh, is being supported. I think beyond all of that, what we also need to be mindful of is that there are other people who suddenly are without employment, um, particularly people who work in the hospitality industry, uh, taxing, various other areas of health. We know that there will be um, people who are now working from home who didn't work previously. So again, across the Trust and across the region, we've begun to think about how very rapidly we can start to tap into those people's skills to actually help us throughout all of this. But I suppose one of the key messages in all of this is that people shouldn't panic. Um, uh, they should be supportive of each other. They should be mindful of being good 
um, friends and good supports to actually their work colleagues and other people, whether at work or in their own community. Um, and in the midst of all of that, the key message as well is that regardless of where they are, that hand hygiene is extremely important above anything else. That is the one thing that makes a difference in relation to this. So <clears throat> we've all seen the entertaining videos of children learning to hand hygiene, um, wash their hands, uh, you know, singing happy birthday to themselves. I don't mind how people do it as long as they wash their hands. Uh, and we know that they it's as frequently uh, as possible for at least 20 seconds. We know that we can use hand creams after that if, if people are concerned about, you know, rough skin or, or whatever. But really the message has to be every opportunity you get, wash your hands. You cannot do it too much in this situation. And what about visitors to any of our facilities? Well, what we've, what we've done in relation to that is strongly advise people to uh, avoid visiting if they possibly can. Now we realise that that's a very difficult uh, decision for people to make because obviously um, if you have got uh, a sick loved one in hospital you want to provide them with as much support and solace as you possibly can. So what we've been trying to do is to encourage people to think about other ways of actually doing that. You know whether through um, video conferencing or phone calls um, we've encouraged that actually at any given time every patient should should not have any more than one visitor to try and reduce the impact of infection prevention control um, uh, and I think people have been responding very well to that we've certainly seen um, far fewer people actually on the site in Craigavon and, and Daisy Hill in particular and we'd encourage people to try and keep that up over an extended period of time and we realise that on one hand we are talking about the impact of social isolation particularly on the vulnerable so it, it's all the more reason at this time that we use all the other means of communication open to us to try and keep in contact with people but to avoid face-to-face -face contact as po if possible. Dr O'Kane thank you very much. Thank you.